Welcome to Stories for Wonderful Children. I'm Dan Wendelin, your host and storyteller. Years ago, I began recording the bedtime stories I told my children every night. Now, we would like to share those stories with you. I hope you enjoy my Stories for Wonderful Children. Once upon a time, there was a little girl named Josephine, and Josephine had many different interests. She liked to go for walks, she liked to go to the zoo, she liked to play with her little brother and her parents. But the one thing that Josephine found more interesting than almost anything else was anything having to do with outer space. She loved to watch videos of rockets launching and then sometimes landing again suspended on a pillar of fire. She loved to watch the videos from Mars of the rovers or the helicopters exploring that red planet. And so, when Josephine's birthday came, her parents told her that as a birthday surprise, they were going to take her to the zoo to see a new exhibit all about animals in space. Josephine was very excited that morning. She piled into the car with her parents, and they drove to the zoo, where Josephine walked past all the parts of the zoo that she already recognized until they came to a new building. And in that building, there was a guide who took them one by one past some animals. The very first animals were in a very small glass tank, and when Josephine peered in, she could see that they were tiny little flies with red eyes. These are fruit flies, said the guide, and the very first animals to ever go into outer space were fruit flies. After looking at them for a moment, Josephine decided that she recognized those flies. They were the sorts of flies that sometimes you could see around bananas that had been left out on the dining room table a little too long. Josephine watched them fly around so busily and thought about how lucky they were that they had been the very first animal to go to outer space. Then... The guide took them not to another cage, but this time to a picture. It was a picture of a dog. This dog is Laika, said the tour guide. Laika was the very first mammal to go into outer space. Josephine looked at Laika's picture for a few minutes, wondering what it would have been like to ride on board a rocket into outer space, and wondered whether the dog had barked when the rocket had started to go up. After that, there was another cage, this one, was full of tortoises. And the guide explained that tortoises were the very first animals from Earth to travel to the moon and orbit around it and come back to Earth. The tortoises were not that entertaining to watch. They just didn't move very much. And Josephine thought that tortoises were probably a very good animal for outer space because they didn't need a lot of space to move around in. Now they were approaching the end of the space animal exhibit. The guide took them to another small tank. Josephine peered in and then said, Hey, wait, that's a cockroach. That's right, said the guide. A cockroach named Hope was the very first animal to have babies in outer space. Josephine wondered whether it was really a good idea to have cockroach babies in space, but the guide explained that scientists had learned a lot from it. And so Josephine looked at the cockroach for a minute or two and decided that cockroaches were perhaps a little more interesting than she had first thought. The very last cage that they approached was a tiny cage full of mice. 
the guide said, these are our special visitors because these mice are actually the ones that have been to space. These mice lived for several weeks on the International Space Station, and in that time, they went around the Earth hundreds and hundreds of times. Josephine's eyes widened. Look, Mom, she said. Those mice have been to space. Those were the animals she wanted to see most. She watched them for a few minutes. As she was standing there, carefully peering at the mice, a boy not too much older than her came up and stood next to her, also looking at the mice. Josephine looked over at him. Aren't they amazing, she said. Yeah, said the boy. They're really nice. Animals in space are so interesting. Aren't they, said Josephine. Space is my favorite. Me too, said the boy. He stuck out his hand and said, My name's Molasses, but you can call me Mo. Nice to meet you, said Josephine. My name's Josephine, but you can call me Joe if you like. So, said Josephine, you like space too? Oh, yeah, said Mo. That's why I'm here at the zoo working on a special project for my sister. Really, said Josephine. What sort of project? Well, said Mo, my sister, Marmalade, she's decided to send a jaguar to space. Really, said Josephine. A jaguar? Why? Well, said Mo, she wants to study how jaguars have such an amazing sense of balance and study how that sense of balance works in outer space. And also, she wants to see if she can make an artificial robotic tail, sort of like a jaguar tail, to help astronauts move around in space. Huh, said Josephine. I wouldn't have thought of that. Yeah, said Mo. Marmalade's full of lots of ideas. Some of them are good ideas. Josephine frowned a little bit. Do you think this one's a good idea, she said? Do you think jaguars would enjoy being in space? Mo shrugged. I don't really know, he said, and I'm not sure if it's going to work out anyway. Why, asked Josephine. Well, said Mo, if you're going to have a jaguar in space, it's very important that you keep them well fed. Yes, said Josephine, I can see that. So, said Mo, a lot of the food in space is freeze-dried so that it's lighter and so that it doesn't float around. And jaguar's favorite food is capybara, but when we freeze-dried the capybara, we've been trying it on the jaguars here at the zoo, and they don't like it. If we can't get space food for jaguars, no jaguars in space. Oh, said Josephine, that does sound like a problem. Yeah, Mo looked at her for a moment. Hey, he said, if you like space and you like animals, you want to help me figure out how to feed a jaguar in space? Absolutely, said Josephine. That sounds great. Let me ask my parents. So she went over and she asked her parents if she could help Mo figure out how to feed a jaguar in space. And her father said that she could stay a little longer today. And her mother said that she could bring her back for a little while tomorrow, but that after these two days, they had other plans. And so Josephine and her family walked with Mo to another building at the zoo. When they went in, Mo showed her how they had a jaguar-sized spacesuit with a helmet. And then he took her in to meet the space jaguar. The jaguar astronaut was prowling from one end of her cage to the other. It was very beautiful, but Josephine thought that she was not sure 
whether it looked like the sort of animal that ought to be in outer space. So who's going to do the experiments, she asked. Mo shrugged. Well, he said, I think Marmalade's been trying to make an arrangement with the International Space Station, but they haven't answered her calls yet. And she's looked into a number of space tourist options, but they keep hanging up on her when she calls about having a jaguar be a space tourist. Huh, said Josephine. Well, I guess if she has a plan, our job is just to figure out how to get the jaguar to eat in space, right? Right, said Mo. And so they spent the rest of that day trying to come up with a good way that a jaguar could eat in space. Josephine's first idea was to take the freeze-dried capybara and put some ketchup on it, because there were some things that she liked a little bit better with ketchup. And then they tried mayonnaise, and then they tried mustard, and then they tried soy sauce, and the jaguar didn't like any of them. Hmm, thought Josephine. Maybe capybara just doesn't taste very good freeze-dried. Let's try some other things, Mo. And so they tried freeze-dried deer and freeze-dried turtle, but the jaguar simply sniffed at each of these and then walked away, completely uninterested. Josephine's next idea was to take some capybara and chop it up little tiny and make it into jello, and that the jaguar ate. But the jaguar ate it very messily. Even on Earth, with lots of gravity, there were little bits of jello everywhere. I don't know if that'll work, said Mo. I think it might be a little too messy. Yeah, said Josephine. About this time, Josephine's parents told her that it was time to head home for the day. Well, she said, I'll be back tomorrow, and I'll think about it all night, Mo. Great, he said. Thanks so much for your help, Josephine. I'm sure we'll get this figured out. Josephine headed home. Over dinner, she thought about jaguars in space. During her bath, she thought about jaguars in space. When she went to bed that night, she dreamt about jaguars in space. And when she woke up the next morning, she had an idea. They headed back to the zoo, and as soon as they reached the Jones Institute building and she saw Mo, Josephine ran over. I have an idea, Mo, she said. And she told him her idea. She said, look, jaguars like nice, fresh capybara, right? Right, said Mo. But nice, fresh capybara makes too much mess when jaguars eat it in space, right? Right, said Mo. So, said Josephine, we just need a way to keep the mess from floating around the space station. Okay, said Mo. How? We just need an eating helmet, said Josephine. And so they went to the workroom and got an extra big space helmet. And all around the edge of it, they attached four little vacuum cleaners. They got a nice, fresh piece of capybara and put it in the bottom of the helmet. Then they put the helmet in the jaguar's cage. The jaguar sniffed and walked right over to the helmet. It started to put its head inside. Go ahead, said Mo. Josephine pushed the button to turn on the vacuums. The four vacuum cleaners turned on. The jaguar jerked back. It did not want to be anywhere near that vacuum noise. It backed away to the other end of the cage. Josephine sighed. That's not going to work either, she said. No, said Mo. It's okay. It's okay. We just need to make a little change. So they got the helmet back out, and they made a new version. This one, the vacuum motors were outside the cage, 
but the nozzles were all around the helmet. At this time, when they put it in, the jaguar stuck its head in, and they turned on the vacuums, and the motor was far enough away that the jaguar did not mind the noise. It ate the whole piece of capybara. Mo and Josephine gave each other a high five. You've solved it, said Mo. Now we just need to arrange to launch our first jaguar astronaut. At that moment, his phone rang. He took it out of his pocket. Hello, he said. Josephine could hear someone speaking very loudly and quickly on the other end of the line. Hey, Marmalade, said Mo. Yeah? Yeah, we got the food figured out. Really? Huh. Okay. Yeah, well, you keep trying to talk to the folks at NASA, and I'll see if we can find a place to do the launch. Yeah. Bye. Mo hung up. Yes, said Josephine. Well, said Mo. Marmalade got a hold of the space tourism company, and they finally agreed to talk to her, and they said that they don't do jaguars, just people. Oh, said Josephine, well, that might be for the best. Yeah, said Mo. but anyway, Marmalade doesn't give up that easily, so she's drawn up plans for her own launch, and she's putting together a launch vehicle to get the jaguar into space. She wanted to know whether we could build it in your backyard. Oh, said Josephine, I'm not sure about that. Um, let me ask my parents. So she went and talked to her mother. And when she came back, she said, Mo, I'm sorry, we're renting. So I don't think the owners of our backyard would like it if we put a Jaguar launcher into it. Oh, said Mo. Yeah, that makes sense. But, said Josephine, my cousin Andrew, he likes space a lot. Maybe we can put a Jaguar launcher in his yard. All right, said Mo. That sounds good. We can figure out how to get the Jaguar there. Great, said Josephine. I'll give him a call. And to hear the rest of the story of Josephine and the Jaguar, tune in for a special episode on Friday. Thanks for listening to Stories for Wonderful Children. I created today's story, but questions and witty commentary were supplied by my children. The music was created by Brandon Thompson. If you enjoy the show, please tell someone about it or leave a review on your podcast provider. Our website is storiesforwonderfulchildren.com, and you can also find us on most social media. I'm Dan Wendelin, reminding you to tell someone you love a story.